All right, so we talking about sports, and we're coming back. After a little bit of a hiatus, we took some break after the NBA Finals. But we're Summer back, and, and what better way than International Fight Week, uh, MMA Tap Hour. Ben Roland, how excited are you about this card? Shoot, it's, it's International Fight Week. It's I mean, it's one of the, the biggest fight cards of the year. They, they save up. You know, they're uh, their best fighters for this week most of the time. So stacked card as always. Super excited to talk about it. Yeah, man. Glad to be back as well. Yeah. But after a bunch of fight nights, we're like, what, six or seven in a row. We're finally getting another pay-per-view since yeah. the newness one. How excited is this? Go ahead, Ben. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, two pay-per-views this month, actually, not to, you know, get too far ahead of ourselves, but we got two pay-per-views in July, one the first week of July, one the last week of July. And we were arguing off air about which one was more stacked, this one or the next one. Uh, but yeah, man, we got two title fights up here uh, this week. And then we have, you know, the co-main event, I guess, you know, yeah, uh, Moreno is the co-main event, but Whitaker and Duplessis, you know, another fight that could headline just about any card throughout the year. So very excited to be back. It's going to be a busy month for us with UFC and MMA Top Hour. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the one thing I did want to say is it's, I want to be grateful and I've realized, you know, the part of the year that we're in, because we're, we're in that stretch of the, the UFC calendar where we're getting event after event after event. Justin, you mentioned all those fight nights. So got to be thankful for, for all these UFC weekends that we're getting. Definitely makes Saturday a lot, a lot fun, a lot more fun. Hey, UFC's carrying the summer. I mean, we got baseball, Hell yeah. but there's no NFL, no NBA. I mean, some summer league, but man, UFC's really carrying the summer with, you know, Saturday night cards, something to look forward to. I got to shout out to Dana real quick on that shout one. Out Dana. Yeah. yeah well, let's get into it. The, let's get into it. Throw back to the COVID days when UFC was running the show. Hell yeah. yeah. True. All right. So the first fight, Bo Nickel 4 0 with a new opponent. Last minute, Treshawn Gore pulls out. And this is kind of like a sour pullout for me because I was looking forward to this fight because Treshawn Gore, you know, he can bang a little bit. The dude, you know, makes his. You know, Instagram videos, his TikTok videos, and he's like, Bo Nickel doesn't understand. When you when you come in and you're fighting me, I can hit you with some stuff. You know, he was kind of, you know, putting it back on Bo Nickel. And then he pulls out, bro. Now we're getting this guy, Valentine Woodburn, 7-0, Combat Night Pro. He's never been in the UFC. He has no experience. I've seen some videos. The dude can bang. He can really throw the heat, throw the leather. But Bo Nickel's only been touched 13 times, Roland. What do you think for this fight? My thing is with, with Bo Nichols, are we really even determining if this guy is a good UFC fighter yet And at this point in his career? I know it's not his fault that this guy pulled out, but the, my only question to you guys, I really have no take on this. I mean, he's minus 2,500 on the, the betting odds. You know, he, he's probably going to whoop on this guy if Vegas is correct or, you know, go his usual path of victory. But I'm going to throw it to you guys. Do we know anything about Bo Nickel yet? Are we finding anything out about this guy? I think we were about to with that Treshawn Gore fight. Not that Treshawn Gore is this big name, but he's, you know, he's UFC caliber. He is a guy that is roster worthy. And it was going to be the biggest test to this day for Bo Nickel. In that fight, he was still, you know, upwards of minus 1,000 against him, against Treshawn Gore. So, you know, we got Valentin Woodburn. This guy is definitely Mexican and black mix, 100%. Um <laughs> but he's undefeated, and both guys are undefeated. Somebody's O has got to go, and I predict it's going to be in the first round. 
Give me Bo Nickel by Rear Naked Choke, bro. He's going to wrap around this guy's muscles and just cut off circulation. Yeah, I, I think it's Bo Nickel here. Personally, I do believe he's a blue chipper. I think he's going to be really good. And I think he presents problems for some of the guys at the top of the division who just stand up only. Now, he has said in the past he wants to take it slow and he wants to earn his way up. But to be honest, and I know this sounds crazy, but if he was fighting Izzy tomorrow, I think Bo Nickel might be the favorite. That's how much of a believer I am in Bo Nickel's wrestling. This has got three state titles in Texas and uh, three at Penn State. I mean, the kid can go when it comes to the mat. Yeah, we, we still haven't seen him get hit in the face, though, Justin. And, you know, only absorbed credit, 13 strikes in his four fights. Yeah, and to his credit, right, because style, he, gets, so. he gets the fights to the ground that fast. I think he does have one, you know, knockdown via punches in that 4-0 streak. But, yeah. I mean, till we see him get punched in the face, I was listening to a podcast earlier today, and James Vick was on the podcast. I mean, if you all know about James Vick, that's, that's old school UFC at this point. Uh, the Texecutioner. Oh, yeah. yeah. But he was talking about how the top 15, like once you get into the top 15, it's like a whole different league. Like, you know, it's a whole different tier of UFC. So we still haven't seen Bo Nickel have that fight yet. And like you said, he's pro- you would probably have him a favorite against Adesanya. You know, there is going to come the time where he's going to be a minus 600, minus 700 against some top 15, top 10 guys. It's just going to be how does he react when he gets hit in the face? He's going to have to get hit in the face, right, a couple times at least. Not saying he's going to have to lose, but I want to see how he reacts to getting hit in the face, you know, by legit UFC fighters. So till we see that, I mean, we're going to keep going the Bo Nickel route. I think first-round finish, like I said. So Bo Nickel first round under one and a half. I like it. Easy Let's work. move on. To the lightweight fight here, we got Jalen Turner minus 255 versus Dan Hooker plus 215. Personally, guys, I'm excited about this fight because here's another prospect in Jalen Turner who's moving up and fighting another top-tier fighter. And with the win here, I think Jalen Turner braces to the top 10, and now he's going to get some fights. I think this is another blue chipper in my opinion. Just looking at this role, and what do you think? Is Dan Hooker worthy of the title gatekeeper at lightweight? I mean, I don't know. I'd use another phrase for Dan Hooker. I know I want to hear just, it. I want to hear it. I mean, it's more to me. I mean, it's more like on the floor mat thing. I the way that I look at it is, you got two guys going in opposite directions in their career. That's just the way that it is. You got Jalen Turner who's ascending, and you got Dan Hooker who, in my opinion, is on the way out in in his career unless he can, you know, right the ship here and, and start reeling off some wins and turn this into a win streak after his last victory. But uh, to me, I, I think Jalen Turner he he's on a, another end of his career, and and that's where I'm going to go with this fight. I'm just not a big Dan Hooker fan, especially after. You know, just the the interview that he had this past uh, week. I, I don't know what it what it was on, but I just heard him talking about being disrespected with a Tony Ferguson fight offer. Um, so that's not sure where his head is at. Also with this fight, so um, give me Jalen Turner in this one. Ben, looking at Hooker's last five, what do you what do you make of this? Uh, I mean, a pretty good name there, with Islam there. But yeah, I mean, I see gatekeeper. That's that's it, it says gatekeeper. You, Arnold Allen, that loss has aged well. Arnold Allen is you know ascending in the sport. Very bright young prospect. Islam Makachev, obviously the champion, and Michael Chandler. You know, having instant classic after instant classic against top five competition. 
So, I mean, when he when he does lose, he tends to get finished, right? We tend to see him kind of bitch out a bit, you know, to be polite. Like, when he gets hit a lot, he starts turning up. He starts backing up. That's the way Dan Hooker goes out. He does get finished a lot. I'm a big hater on Dan Hooker, man. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of his. All three of I did pick – yeah, I picked against him last fight against Claudio Poyas. In this fight, though – you know, fighting against somebody like Jalen Turner, and then we go and look at the competition that Turner has fought, and I don't think that he's beat anybody who can hold, you know, Dan Hooker's jockstrap, to be honest with you. So this is 100% the toughest fight of his career, the biggest step up. I know we all consider Dan Hooker a gatekeeper. You know, Jalen Turner at 13-5, and five, he started off a little bit rough, but obviously now he's hit that five-fight win streak. He's rolling. Does he deserve to be a two-to-one favorite against Dan Hooker? I don't think so, man. For that reason, you know, he is a finisher. But for that reason, I am going Dan Hooker in this fight. Um, I think that, you know, maybe Turner is going to run into a little bit of a roadblock here. I really can't believe that Dan Hooker isn't ranked anymore, you know, because we see guys like Tony Ferguson still be ranked and, you know, guys that are just fringe still be in the top 15. Give me Dan Hooker in this one, plus 215, bro. That's just that's just too much, too much value on Dan Hooker. I hope I don't look like an idiot and Turner just goes out there and bullies him in the first round. I really hope that doesn't happen. But this is a very big step up for Turner in his last fight. We did see him wrestle a bit because the stand-up was pretty even. So give me Dan Hooker at these odds here. I'm surprised pick because I'm a big Dan Hooker here. It could be Hooker not having his ranking because he did go down at one point to uh, featherweight and then moved back up after he failed at featherweight as well. That's right. He did go down for a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I didn't want to sound like too much of a hater, but I just, again, like I said, I just think it's two guys going in different different directions in the career. And I do agree with what Ben says, and I and Ben always brings it up when we talk about these fights is there there is levels here to this. But I, I think that Jalen Turner may – be on Dan Hooker's level of not maybe have surpassed him at this point, but we'll see. That's that's why you, you gotta you gotta make these fights, right? I'm with you, Roland. I think Jalen Turner here. I think uh, he's on his way up, and I think he's gonna be a good prospect uh, in the lightweight division. All right, let's get moving to the middleweight title fight. Now, this is kind of like uh, you know what they say: number one contender fight. Robert Whitaker minus four hundred versus Drikas Duplessis plus three hundred. Ben, they say that Duplessis, it will be a different Duplessis than what we've seen. He has surgery on his nose now and will no longer be mouth-breathing. He does get guys out of there. Uh, those are his last six fights with a Derek Brunson win where he had Derek Brunson's team throw in the towel because he was mollywhopping Derek Brunson. What do we think about Drakus Duplessis? Yeah, I mean, I think I like watching him fight. Every time that he fights, it is a it is a very exciting fight. I mean, there has been fights where he's he's been the nail and he's been the hammer. So he has taken a beating. I know Darren Till had him on the brinks there. And for Darren Till to, you know, be on your level at this time in your UFC career, at this time in his UFC career, I don't know, man. This is a huge, huge step up. That's kind of the theme of this card. As you're going to see, like, the, the odds are pretty – Pretty wide for the most part on the main card. But, I mean, man, you got a guy like Robert Whitaker, you know, who's only lost to Israel Asanya. A couple of debatable fights in there as well against Israel Asanya. 
Yes, Duplessis went and got a nose job. We've seen him mouth breathing a lot. DC's called it out earlier in his career. Duplessis has gone, you know, to back himself and saying, I have nose problems. That's why I mouth breathe. I'm not gassing. I had asked you before we started the podcast that this was a five rounder. We've seen some number one, some like title, title eliminator, number one contender fights be five rounds as co-main events. Unfortunately, there's two title fights on this one. And this isn't a co-main event, but I think the odds would be like more like minus 500, 600 if it was a five-round fight. So the fact that it is a three-round fight and it's minus 400, man, I honestly see Robert Whitaker getting a finish here. You mentioned that Duplessis likes to go for it. He's going to be aggressive. I think Robert Whitaker is going to catch him on the counter, and he's going to finish him via strike. So give me Robert Whitaker TKO round two. Roland, what do you think about Robert Whitaker's last five here? Is he just too much for a guy like Drake's Duplessis, who's obviously fighting the biggest fight that he's ever had so far? Yeah, I, I don't think I can say it any better than Ben said it in the way that he laid it out. Like Robert Whitaker, I mean, he's the cream of the crop in the UFC, not just in this division, but in the UFC. When you haven't lost to anybody but Israel Adesanya in more than like, what, five, six, seven years that, that he's going on now, I mean, you're, you're the cream of the crop and you're at the top for as long as you've been there. Um, if you're Robert Whitaker here, Ben mentioned it too. The theme of this card is guys taking jumps up in levels. This is a complete levels fight. You look at uh, Duplacy's, he has less than seven fights in the UFC. I think this will be his seventh altogether against uh, Robert Whitaker, taking a huge step up. But Darren Till, Derek Brunson are his, his best uh, best opponents. Huge step up in competition. And I also think he's getting a push from Izzy. I mean, honestly, I, I, I had not started hearing about this guy as a serious contender until Israel Adesanya picked up Twitter one day and saw that he won and that he's also – there's a, a story here, and he started pushing it. He, we would not be hearing as much about Duplacis as we are now if Israel Adesanya would not be thirsting so hard to fight this guy. I've never, I've never seen a champ thirst so bad to fight somebody. It's an easy oh. finish. It's a highlight. Finish. I, I, I get it. I know why. I know why. He's picking his fight. He's a champ. He can do what he wants. It's his own prerogative. But he obviously doesn't want to fight Robert Whitaker a third time, even though I think people would still want to watch that fight. Maybe there's some motivational issues there. I mean, Izzy's obviously not into trilogies, doesn't want to fight uh, Brea at their time, had him go up a weight class. So who, who knows what's going on here? But uh, obviously, I, I think Duplace is getting a big Izzy push, and that's why I, I love Robert Whitaker in this fight. The odds are steep, but I think Whitaker is going to take him out. And I was just reading an article, too. I mean, I like looking at what the UFC peers say, what the other fighters think about uh, these fights, and Volkanovski. Uh, I mean, he's the current, I mean, pound for pound guy, type number one. He he thinks that you'd have to be mad to think that uh, Duplacis can beat Robert Whitaker. And he, he said the same thing, that uh, Izzy obviously wants new blood, but Whitaker is just the cream of the crop. It's just mad. Mad in Australia, wherever they're from, means crazy. Yeah, you know, yeah, you'd be crazy. You'd be mad. Now, I'm with you guys, Robert Whitaker here. I think the first round is going to be the most dangerous for Robert Whitaker. I don't buy into the nose job being the fix for Drake's Duplessis. I think he will be gassed the second and the third, and I think that's where Robert Whitaker can get the finish. So give me Robert Whitaker by finish if, in the third round. If he wins, this will be the biggest nose job <laughs> since Michael Jackson, bro. 
the, if he wins, bro, the nose job is going to be the difference. Because all we've seen is him mouth breathing. People say that he gasses after the first round. He fights hard. He fights at a fast tempo. So the gassing narrative is there. He hasn't lost yet, though, and he always finishes these fights. So I think he's dangerous in that first round. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I mean, and he's finished some fights outside of the first round, too. So maybe he surprises us, you know, and he lands that because he does have the power to land one shot on, on Robert Whitaker and possibly, you know, stun him and follow up for the finish. So yeah. he has the puncher's chance, but there's too much class from Robert Whitaker, in my opinion. And just to play a little fight maker for for you two, um, do you think do you see the trilogy? Even though Whitaker's zero yeah. two against Adesanya, if he wins, gotcha. yeah, we saw Holloway get his, uh, you know, against Volkanovski. So I don't think Dana would be shy to make that. And at this point, you either put Whitaker versus Adesanya or a guy who he hasn't fought, which is Strickland versus Adesanya. And I don't think Strickland is as deserving as Whitaker is of that. He's calling for it, though. He's calling. Yeah, for he's that. the only name that hasn't been that you know uh, Adesanya hasn't hit. So he, he got kind of like too, to make bro, a new so fight. Gonna, you know, you know, he's, he did. He's, he's a just, little gassed up because he got the. Finish. Yeah, he was campaigning hard. I want to say it was funny. But I mean, let's be real, bro. Uh, Strickland, he did get the finish, the second round finish, which is insane for his patty cake yeah. ass. But this was a guy who came over from Bellator, had one UFC fight, finished a bum. And then got this push to fighting Sean Strickland on a main event. He did beat Sean Strickland in the first round, but then, you know, gas to hell after that. So Strickland needs to chill, bro. It's just basically, Strickland, you know, you, you have chill. if you want to throw a new name at Adesanya, Strickland's available. Yeah. And, and he's yeah. very outspoken. And yeah. he's outspoken. He's kind of easy to back. He's easy to pick on. Yeah. And like, I he's picked on Adesanya cool. quite a bit, so he, I mean, you can make something out of that fight. Those pressures would be fun. Those pressures yes, they would. Fun. yes, they would. All right, moving on to flyweight. The flyweight flyers here. We got Brandon Moreno, the champion, minus 190 versus Alexander Pantoja or Pantoja, depending on how you say it, with, with two wins over Brandon Moreno. He's beat Brandon Moreno in the Ultimate Fighter, and then he RNC'd him in another fight. Roland, just let me know it was two. I thought it was one. Roland, let's look at Brandon Moreno's last five fights. It's a lot of one name, and that's the His former champ, Davison Figueiredo. And he has one name that's not on there, Kai Car France, which he was losing in that fight. Yep. So he lands that liver kick that we, you know, just smashed him with that. What do you think about the Assassin Baby's chances Saturday night with his recent resume? I, I like... Brandon Moreno in this fight, he's a champ. I mean, it's hard not to like him. You look at his last five. I mean, he's fought Figueredo for the last four years, it seems like. And then <laughs> he's got night. KKF in there, um, which, I it, I mean, that's the best of the best. So no no hating there. But for me, it, it's all mental here because we did mention, you know, his, his two prior fights against Pantoja. You just got to wonder if there is anything there. Like, you know, it's not like so much like a big brother type of thing because – uh, I don't know the age difference between these guys, but there is like a little something to be said. Like if you've beaten a guy twice, it's like, hey, dude, I got your number. Just like Perea had that over um, Izzy, you know, Volkanovski had that over Max. It's just sort of like one of those things. Like, can you get over that mental block? Even though you're the champ now, you're the one with the gold, right? Now you got the guy that you beat that you lost to twice coming at you. So I, I, that's where it's at with me in this fight. Uh, to give my pick real quick before tossing Shaw, I'm, I'm going to roll with uh, Brandon Moreno. But 
um, mental mental game here for me. All right, Ben, looking at Alexander, the cannibal Pantoja, his last five fights, what do you think here about these names? Um, I think that these are these are the names in the division that they fight in, right? It's it's a division that's pretty top heavy for the most part. I mean, Brandon Royval is on a pretty good streak of his own. Yeah, I like Royval. You know, outside of a Pantoja loss, Alex Perez, you know, he's on the tail end of his career. Manuel Cape is a pretty good win by decision. He does That's have that win. loss. He does have that loss to Asker Askarov. And, you know, a win against Matt Schnell that was five fights ago, so it was probably at least three years ago when Matt Schnell was having a pretty good run in the UFC. And not, not to mention just the mental edge, man, on top of, you know, having those two wins over Moreno, one inside the tough house, one inside the UFC. And now here you get your title shot against the guy that you've already beat twice. Moreno was with James Krause. We know that James Krause under FBI investigation, been pretty hush hush. We haven't heard much about that whole thing, but Moreno did move camps. You know, that did happen prior to his last fight. Even if we go back to his last fight against Kai Kaur France, he was losing, bro. And, you know, no no disrespect. That kick, it was put in the perfect spot because that's the only spot that was going to turn off, you know, Kai Kaur France. These little guys, it takes a lot to knock them out. It takes a lot to turn off their lights. Um, and he, he got it, but he was losing that fight. That Davison Figueroa four times the last three, four years – there's not much to judge it on. Like, yes, he became champ, and all he did was keep fighting Davis and Figueredo. So I, I – and then we get Pantoja at plus 160, plus 170 odds. I'm going to go with the dog here. I'm going to say and new. Um, I really do think that w the success that we've seen from Brandon Moreno has come from fighting the same fighter, you know, four out of his last five fights. Um, I do think even that one loss that he has by decision, you know, arguable, people say that Moreno did win that fight, but that was just the right opponent for him. We saw Kaikar France be game, be winning that fight till we saw a rare finish, you know, by kick. So give me Pantoja here, plus 160 odds all day and new. I'm going to take Brandon Moreno here, the assassin baby. I'm going to take him by decision to win this, I think, you know, he's been fighting at the top. I think Davidson Figueroa is a good opponent, and Davidson Figueroa beats a lot of the guys in this division, and he's been fighting him for, what, four or five years now, and he's got, you know, the majority of the wins there. So give me Brandon Moreno to win this by decision. Yeah, and they got to let him get a UFC Mexico card in, too, as a champ, right? Well, we got another shot for UFC Mexico card in the main oh, event. that's right. We they got said, Alexander... They Yo, but Dana did say that, uh, what is it, the Mexican Independence Day, they're going to Mexico. So, yep. so yeah, that, yeah. So they have, so they have options. Right they're not now. going to Mexico, but they're booking a Mexican champion, but it's going to be in Vegas. Okay. So maybe uh, they're doing that. Okay. Yeah. It's so going to be, that, what's her name? The Alexa Grasso. Grasso. He's trying to do a pretty heavy Mexican card. So we'll see what happens in, in either of these two fights, right? Uh, maybe if Moreno retains, he can get on that card in this sixteenth uh, of September. So two two months away, uh, we'll see. And then we got another guy here in the main event, boys. That maybe you know he pulls it off and he's on that card. Lead us into it, Justin. All right, main so we event. got Yair El Pantera Rodriguez 
versus Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. Volkanovsky minus 380. Let's get into Yair's last five. And it's two wins in a row. It's Josh Emmett and it's Brian Ortega by K- via TKO. That fight, you know, we ended up uh, getting cut short. Um, something happened with Ortega during the fight. We didn't really get to see that full fight. But we did see against Josh Emmett where he pretty much destroyed Josh Emmett and got him out of there. Uh, and he's got some wins against Jeremy Stevens and, and uh, the Korean Zombie. We know that famous elbow that he did against him. Um, Pantera did look pretty good. I think where he stepped up the most was against Max Holloway in that loss. I think we saw, you know, the evolution of what Pantera could be. Even though he lost that fight, he gained everybody's respect. He even got Holloway in the ambulance with him with the photo. I mean, they were, they did damage to each other. Roland, what do you think about El Pantera Rodriguez here? Well, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. That's where I was going. That's that's uh, the the exact fight that I look to at, at this uh, last five or six that you have here on the list. That's where he gained my respect. That's where I was kind of like, okay, uh, pa- uh, Pantera's here for real. Like he's a con- he can be a controlled striker. He can still mix in his flashiness and strike with the best of them. He showed that he was quicker to uh, to contact on a lot of those exchanges than Max Holloway. I mean, Max Holloway ended up, you know, out pressuring him throughout the fight and doing what Max Holloway does and why he's one of the goats of the division. But um, Rodriguez showed that he belonged there. Like you said, Justin, can't really take too much away from that Ortega fight. But Yair Rodriguez has proved that he is every bit of game and deserving to be in this spot. Um, and then I'll let, you know, Ben talk about uh, Volkanovski and, and his last five. But, yeah, R- Rodriguez is game for sure. Ben, let's look at Volkanovski's last fight. We see Max Holloway's name three times. That's three wins over Max Holloway. Some could say one was controversial. I don't know. I'm not going to go there too much. But, you know, he does have that one big L at the top against Islam Makachev. And I got to ask you, Alexander Volkanovski, he's talked about, I'm going to win this fight against Ayer, and I'm going back to 155. I'm going to rematch Islam. Is he looking past Yair? Is it too dangerous to be looking past a formidable opponent like Yair? Is he making a mistake doing that and saying those things? Um, um, besides John Jones, this is the best fight IQ in the game. So just for that reason alone, I'm going to say no. I'm not going to say that he's overlooking his opponent because this this guy, as boring as he is with all them damn decisions you know, on his record, it, he's, he's as professional as it gets. You know what you're getting whenever you put your money on him and you're backing him. Um, I mean, for him to do what he did to Max Holloway and be as patient as he was, fight his fight, you know, not get caught up in the whole, you know, main event and you got to finish. He, he sticks to the game plan. He does it well, bro. Um, you know, here he's he's up against the guy, though, that's going to give him, you know, a run for his money. He's going to he's going to make him he's going to make him use it all that night you know, on Saturday. So if this is a up fight, the way that it was with Max Holloway for the most part of those fights, I do think that Yair Rodriguez has a chance of winning this fight. But because we talk, I'm talking to and preaching about his high fight IQ, I do expect takedowns. I expect takedowns early. I expect takedowns often. We have seen Yair Rodriguez get taken down. He was on the ground with Brian Ortega, before Brian Ortega dislocated his shoulder or yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever happened to him. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that a good portion of this fight, a good portion of the rounds, uh, at least two or three of the rounds 
are going to take place on the ground and with Vol Volkanovski in control. For that reason, I mean, I'm going to side with the big favorite. But man, like if if he just if Volkanovski decides to put on a show and have a stand up fight with Yair Rodriguez, I think that I think that we're going to be in for one, man. And I think that we could be surprised if it stays standing up. Uh, just you know the the unorthodoxness of Yair Rodriguez, his kicks, very kick heavy game, and those kicks come, they come hard, man. They come fast. So Volkanovski, I definitely think is going to have to use that high fight IQ and get the get the fight on the mat where he has a clear advantage. So give me Volkanovski by decision. The height won't play any factor in this weekend because we have seen Holloway, who's just as tall as Yair. Uh, so that's not going to be a problem for Volkanovski. Yeah, I think Volkanovski gets reach. this win. And I think he and, gets it by decision as well. And I think he but, moves up. I think he even maybe, maybe relinquishes the title and says, I'm going lightweight from now on. What's left to prove out featherweight after this? And, and, but Justin, and yes, he has done it against Max Holloway, but it's a whole different, it's a whole different assignment this Saturday, bro, because, you know, Max Holloway yeah. is very punch heavy. Yair Rodriguez, we've seen him knock. We've seen him knock out the Korean zombie with an elbow at the buzzard. We've seen his kicks. I mean, he's an all-around striker. So this is not going to be your typical point-fighting match if he decides to stand like it was with Holloway. I, I don't. I don't think he's gonna gonna want to stand the whole time. I, I agree with you, Ben. The fight IQ is gonna come into play here, and because I think that I didn't want to draw back to it because it's a little too far back in Yair's career, but. I mean, his first fight, uh, that his first levels fight when he was, you know, thrust into the top fifteen or whatever, he he got ragdolled by Frankie Edgar, who's a lot smaller than him, and so he's shown to have that at times what could be a gaping hole in his game. Who knows how much he's he's closed it uh, to this point in his career? Um, but I, I expect Volkanovski to take advantage of that because if, like Ben says, if he doesn't. That's where Yair's chance comes in. I mean, if they're striking, who knows? All it takes is one. We saw what happened to to Usman against uh, Leon Edwards. You're standing, you're there, you're you're waiting for the clock to go out, and boom, you, you just get hit and you're knocked out, and that's it. You're you're not the champ anymore. So Volkanovski, I, like Ben said, fight IQ. I, he loves being the champ. I think he has his eyes set on on Islam, and he's he's thinking goat talk. He's thinking legacy. Ain't he's no Islam play. without winning this fight. Yeah, exactly. He's not gonna. No. He's not messing around here. He's gonna take him down, take care of business, and you know, get one of those decisions that Ben loves to watch so much. Uh, all right. Well, that's well, it for the main not, card. They're not, they're not all boring. Have, not all boring decisions, though. They're do you have all, an over under on that fight? I'm sure that it's at four uh, and a half. But do you have a number four and on half. it? Let me do see. you have like? I wonder if it's juice to the over. If it's okay, I think Volkanovski by decision is gonna have to be like around the. Minus 150 range, minus 130 range if you take him by decision. Uh, but Yair's tough, bro. I really do not see Yair Rodriguez being finished, um, especially on this big of a stage. I think if anybody gets the finish, it's going to be Yair. Um, but Volkanovski by decision is my final pick. And I, I'm just curious to that over four and a half. If it's juice to the over, because that's what's expected, uh, or if we're getting like an over four and a half, minus 120, you know, something decent. Mm. I just have a money line in front of me. I need to see the Well, that's it for the main card for UFC 290. Now, this card is stacked. There's some, you know, fights that we didn't have, uh, you know, presentations for. I'm just going to read them out to you guys, and you can kind of tell me where your meter is, 1 through 10, on how excited you are for these fights. 
We got Robbie Lawler versus Nico Price. Where you at with that one? Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised that we didn't talk about it, but I understand that we only talked about the main card. But th- this fight would be on most main cards. Um, it's obviously the prelim main event. I think that this is one of those where we're getting an old man against a young guy who's dangerous from just about anywhere inside the octagon. So I think Nico Price is going to hit Robbie Lawler enough that he's going to end up finishing him either in the second or third round. Like, you know, it, it could be some crazy shit. This could be one of those fights where Nico Price finishes off of his back by strikes. I mean, Robbie Lawler has been through the ringer, bro. You know what I mean? So he's one of those older guys still in the UFC. Probably a guy that should have retired. I think he's retired once already. Um, but this is – Nico Price is too young and too athletic for Robbie Lawler. So I know I know Nico Price is, is like a two-to-one favorite. But, man, I, I see violence here for Robbie Lawler on Saturday. One to ten, Roland. Yeah. How excited are you for this fight? Yeah, one to ten. Honestly, don't want to sound too excited, but eight, eight and a half for this because, like Ben said, it's just going to be pure violence for for both guys. Both guys go out and like to to just go balls to the wall. And it's Robbie Lawler, so who knows? Um, and just to answer your question, Ben, I see over under four and a half. The unders juice to minus one twenty on that Volkanovski and uh, Rodriguez fight. Yeah, so so I mean, with the odds being what they are, give me the over. As my play for them. I don't even know you could you could bet on the point spread here. So like you know how they tally up 49-45 at the end of yeah. it. What is he like minus three and a half? Volkanowski minus five and a half. Juice to minus one sixty. So they're expecting 45. you know some 10-8 rounds in there. Yeah, they're expecting a fifty forty four. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, so another fight, and this one I'm about a ten for Jack Della Madalena versus Josiah Harrell. I think they gave JDM a guy that he's going to finish. I think that's what that fight's for. So I'm excited. Jack Della Madalena, all his fights in the UFC all have been finishes. Super excited about that one. What about you guys? One to ten. How excited are you? This was an 11 for me, bro, just based off of MMA Twitter drama. You know, there's there's an account out there on Twitter, Capper's Leak, that is leaking out, you know, touts plays, paid, paid for plays. And we have a, a MMA tout that gave out, you know, as a max play. He used to he used to tout for CBS. Now he's on his own. But he gave out Sean Brady, you know, at plus 150 as his max play. And Sean Brady ended up at plus 105, you know, like three, four hours later. Um, and it was a whole big deal on Twitter just based off the line movement and whatnot. And then all of a sudden that page leaks out. Sean Brady, five-unit max which was Madalena's original opponent, Sean Brady, Boston guy, wrestler, was supposed to be a really good fight for Madalena. I think that was going to be, you know, the barometer test for him of how legit he was. We've seen him get some big knockouts, but I think he got taken to the second or third round in his last fight. So anyway, Sean Brady ends up pulling out, man, and that max bet and it being leaked and the capper going after the page because he says – I make my live my livelihood, you know, selling these plays. So don't be leaking them. It was it was gonna be epic, bro, to see whether that max won or lost. Now I'm at a two with this. I think that it's gonna be, you know, Madalena early and often, early knockout. But that Sean Brady versus him, that was gonna be the fight that kind of told us where he was at. I know Justin, you're a big fan of him. I mean, this is gonna be another highlight real finish for him here. Yeah, I was going to say, give me a, a 1 through 10 on this. Give me a 5 just because it, it's going to be one-way traffic, JDM. And, 
I'm just giving him the full five because it's, I'm expecting it to be an exciting finish, as you guys are describing. So, yeah, he, give me give me a five on that. He got dropped from the main card to the prelims because Sean Brady, you know, he pulled out with an infection. Pulled, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it was a big spot, bro. It was a big spot. The card was going to be even more stacked with that fight on it, and it lost a little bit of juice with that one. Right, the last fight I want to talk about here: Jimmy Crute versus Alonzo Menafield, two hundred and five pound fight, light heavyweight, one to ten. Dan, how excited are you for this one? I'm gonna go with a ten. This is a rematch. The last fight was a draw. The last fight was a war, and it's a damn yeah. shame that it was a draw because somebody should have won that fight just based off the brain cells. That was, that was in February, in by those, the way. In those fifteen minutes, uh, yeah. So in this one, though, man, I'm gonna go with Jimmy Crute. He's a younger, up and coming prospect. I know Alonzo Menafield is that heavy hitter, but I think that Crute's probably going to take over in the second, third round. So give me Jimmy Crute here. And this fight should be really good. This is this is on the main card of most pay-per-views. Uh, you know, this yeah. is International Fight Week. We're dealing with a different beast, and that's why on it's the on main the prelims card where it is. In February, so. Yeah, so this is going to be like, I'm sure these prelims got to be on ESPN, like big ESPN. ABC, they're moving it to ABC. Okay, most eyes on it as you can. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a 10 for this one, too. I remember watching the original fight, uh, the first fight, USC 284. Uh, so, yeah, give me this. Uh, I like Jimmy Crute, too, like Ben said. I think I was on Crute in that first fight just because I expected him to take him down to the to the ground and dominate the fight. And if I remember it correctly, Crute got stunned early, and he had yeah. to weather a storm, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what I remember, yeah. So this, this fight's going to be a banger, too. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, that's UFC 290. We will be back. Uh, was it two weeks, three weeks for the 291 card in Salt Lake where the BMF titles on the line? Boys, it feels good to be back, man. I really do uh, appreciate y'all coming on tonight and doing this yes, with sir. me. Uh, the show will be on out tomorrow for everyone else. So Thursday, y'all get this live. Yeah, um, it's yeah. good to be back doing an MMA show. I'm glad Roland joined us for this one. I know we've been out out of commission for a bit, kind of with NBA, you know, the Denver Nuggets being crowned champions. And th these are the dog days, man. It's baseball. summer vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a little it's a little summer break, you know what I mean? But, Roland, I know that we're going to be back, and we're going to be back pretty often with these NFL previews, right? The Dude, I, you know, I was going to tell Justin, you know, we should just be like the UFC and just start banging out these pods just week by week, just following the UFC with their schedule, just start going boom, 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 boom. Division by but, division? But like what Ben said, no, not even just uh, NFL, just, you know, oh, UFC. UFC. Just started just banging out these top hours, right? But, no, I definitely been uh, with the NFL season approaching, Got going to want to time it out to where we do a division weekly that leading up to the season, maybe add some other fun little things in there like we've been doing you know talk about the different prop plays and stuff like that but as always the nfl the season of the, the the sport that keeps on giving or the gift that keeps on giving is what i'm trying to say uh so yeah definitely looking forward to that a lot of change has been going on we're gonna have a lot more exciting things to talk about with the texans this year give you some some more to talk about cj stroud you know your your, your old team your old bay uh, get get you thinking of, about Houston a little bit more, but uh, yeah, it's exciting times. Exciting times. Yeah, bro, I'm excited to do those division breakdowns, and we gotta time it out for sure to give us a little bit extra time to like do an episode where we just mock draft for those fantasy football. That's right, you know, people fantasy that watch. Football. We gotta run a little mock draft on here, but really excited to get into that. The the New York Jets were selected as a team for Hard Knocks. You know, I saw that they got forced. They got forced right? to do it. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of teams didn't want the hard knocks curse, and we no nobody was stepping up to the plate. So the New York Jets 
and their new star quarterback, you know, Aaron Rodgers, will be on Hard Knocks. Just they might not be the excited? only team. Yeah, oh, yeah. They might not be the only team that's going to get some sort of show this uh, year. You mean there's like the in-season Netflix, or the preseason? In-season, in, in there's rumor, rumors that Netflix is picking up a 10-episode show with the Dallas Cowboys. That's just hearsay, but that's what the rumor mill is on Twitter. Ten episode and, show for the Dallas Cowboys. But but has like is there details? I mean, obviously it's just a rumor, but is it's that, probably like, going to be, be similar to what Amazon Prime did with the Cowboys back in the day? Oh, I was going to say, yeah. is it going to be like on past Cowboys teams, or is it going to be current live? You know, I, I think it'll be like the history of the the Cowboys or something you see, like that. You but, see, that's that's but, what I mean. But you know, like. Like I, a last I, dance type of, of Cowboys thing. But I really don't know more than what you know surface rumors. I know we're not going to talk about it. We'll talk about it more. But like, why are we even having a documentary? Like, when's the last time the Cowboys? <laughs> when, when do we want a Super Bowl? Like, that's oh, man, cool. Boy, we, like, it that's sells. Cool. Football like, sells. A, like documentary here and there. Let's talk about the Cowboys being worth a couple billion, and let's have Jerry Jones pocket another 50, 60 million. That's cool, right? But Hey, the Cowboys still haven't won a Super Bowl. That's cool, you know. But let's have a documentary. Yeah. You know, you, you gotta think though, Roland, in a documentary, like all the different people that they'd have talk, like you know, the way that they have people talk in documentaries, like you know, it'd be T.O., it'd be Romo, it, it it'd be pretty crazy. It'd be. I, I thought you were gonna say like, let's not talk about a documentary. There needs to be a movie, but you went the complete other way with it. I thought. There's not enough time in the day for me to give you for me to give my thoughts on this. <laughs> don't even let me get started on this. We don't have enough time that started tonight. So, so yeah, man, and you know we might even have to get on and do a little NBA free agency, bro. It's been it's been pretty crazy, man. It's been pretty crazy. We're gonna get summer league going here on Friday. When we got we... the we got the Spurs and the Hornets kicking off. Like uh, Spurs play today. Las Vegas, yeah. This is the Cali League, but we got and the Spurs summer team. I mean, it's a regular work. It's the regular season team, so yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be doing work. They got their regular season team playing in the summer league. We got Wemby against uh, Miller. You know, it's a rematch. The Spurs beat the crap out of them by about, by about yeah. twenty points. That wasn't so, easy. You looking forward to a little bit of summer league? I am, I am, especially because right now, like I know you're joking around about a lot of our regular season players playing in the summer league, which is kinda, true. Kinda. It's facts, but a lot of the guys though that are playing are guys that are actually trying to etch out some roles for themselves. So I am pretty excited because a lot of these guys are trying to fight for time to play with, with Wemby. No, yeah, and, and I, you know I gotta throw my shots where I can, but listen, Jabari Smith Jr. and Tari Eason are gonna play for the Rockets. In the summer league this year, that's that's big. And yeah, that's big stuff. For them. We're talking about Jabari Smith, who was the number three pick for the Rockets last year. So, you know, summer league can be used to do exactly what you said: build up confidence. You know, balling against these scrubs, yeah. you can also lose confidence if you don't ball against those scrubs. So it's kind of like a two way two way sword. But for the Spurs, I mean, early it's look good. Champagne, Champagne, back to back thirty point games. He had twenty eight tonight, uh, thirty in the first game, and then Branham. What I'd like to see, Brandon, yeah. he was our second-round pick last year for out of Ohio State, or he might have been a mid-first round. I can't remember. But guy has an extremely mature game for a second-year player, extremely uh, well-controlled off of the pick-and-roll, and has a good little midi. So I like what I see out of Brandon. Hopefully he can take the next step. Him and Wesley are competing, I think, for, uh, to get those backup two minutes, three minutes. And, and even the big that you all have starting at center has played really well as well. But, I mean, I know this was an MMA top hour. We kind of turned it into a – Oh, we talking about sports, but Justin, get us out of here, bro. 
Well, there's nothing left to say, man, but that's it. We'll see you guys within a week. Peace.